Um, so I'll just pray and then, and then we'll begin. Yeah, um, Father God, we thank you uh, that you sent Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you um, came and lived on the earth and you um, taught us and showed us so many things. And I pray that as we look at some of those today, that it will bring life and um, increase relationship with you. Amen. Um, so one of the things that Andy's been encouraging us to do recently in prayers here and, and more generally is to um, to be remembering the stories we've got of um, things Jesus has done and um, testimonies from now, but also stories in the Bible and um, that kind of we really like, um, just as, I guess, almost just as stories. And um, and this is this is definitely one of my favourites. Um, like a, a lot of my favourite bits of the Bible, um, I don't feel like I necessarily understand it all. I wonder if that's partly why it kind of grabs me in a way, but... Um, this is, this is one I really love, so um, you'll have to indulge me, but I'm going to read the whole chapter, but it's, it's all good stuff. So, um, But yeah, I'll just read it and you can follow along. As he went along, and that's Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now, the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say that was born blind? How is it that he can now see? We know he's our son, the parents asked, and we know that he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, ask him. He is of age. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, sorry, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. 
We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of the, the opening of the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who will see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. So as I say, um, this is a, a, a story about Jesus that I really love. Um, and uh, I was trying to think of why I like it. I think I like it because it's a kind of a, an extended story. It's quite a long um, account of a miracle that Jesus does. A lot of them are quite short. It's like someone's ill. We kind of know something of the situation. You know, man gets brought with his friends on a mat or there's a woman who's been bleeding or someone comes up and says, my daughter's ill. Or, and Jesus goes, great, there you go. And then off they go, and it's great, and there's much rejoicing. And, you know, there's a, there's the, I suppose there's the guy who's possessed by lots of demons and gets healed, and we kind of hear a little bit more about him. But a lot of the time it's kind of, you know, in and out and off they go. And um, here we kind of see a little bit more, it's kind of a, a little episode <coughs> of something that goes on. And um, it's quite surprising um, in lots of ways um, how different people respond um, and it's quite human as well. I think the the reactions in it aren't, you know, I suppose if we said a miracle has happened, write down on a piece of paper how you think people will respond. We might write, yeah, great, exciting, brilliant, everyone be happy. And then we see in this that, you know, not really very many people are happy and lots of people don't really want anything to do with it. And um, So it's all quite, yeah, so all quite, you know, surprising, slightly surreal and... Um, as I say, I don't fully understand it, which is why I read it all, so that you can hear this straight from the source. But I did um, have a few thoughts about it. And um, I suppose I wanted to think a little bit about how, how people reacted. Um, so we've got, on one hand, we've got the kind of the focal character, the man who was born blind and was healed. And um, he seems quite a down-to-earth, straightforward kind of person. And um, he's, he's blind, and Jesus comes along and says, you know, can you heal me? Jesus does something really weird and like puts mud on his eyes and that's really strange. And, you know, one of the things we knew classically about Jesus is he never healed people the same way twice. He always did something different. And so I don't know, maybe this guy knew a bit about that. Maybe he didn't. But um, I don't know, short of spitting in someone's eyes, which is another way Jesus did it once. This seems like perhaps one of the weirdest. But the man didn't seem to be too fussed about it. He just went and did it and he, he was healed and that was brilliant. And... Um, and then even as he's kind of getting cross-examined twice, um, he's he's like, Do you know what? I'm, all I know is I'm healed, and that's great, and that's and that's my line, and I'm sticking to it almost. But no, but he's like, he's not going to get sidetracked. He's like, well, this is as much as I know, and I can give you that. But you know, so he's he's really happy, and that's great. But um, for the Pharisees, it's you know, perhaps again classically, they're quite cynical. And they're really, you know, they can't, they're not even clear between themselves exactly why they don't like it. Some of them don't like it because it was on the Sabbath. Some of them don't like it because, you know, only God can heal eyes and this man clearly isn't from God. You know, but they're, they're still, they all know that they don't like it. They're not sure why. They're quite cynical. Um, they're, you know, trying to threaten this guy, threaten this guy's parents. 
um, bring his parents in. Again, his parents are quite like, you know, we didn't want to touch it. Um, yes, he, we, yes, fine, we'll admit he's our son, but and that he was blind, but that's as much as we can say. Um, and um, I was thinking about this, and I suppose it, as I say, I think sometimes we expect um, our response to, to Jesus move, like coming in and doing something to be excitement and straightforwardness and for everybody to get behind it. And um, we see here in this parable that it isn't. And I wonder if that's still true today on occasions as well, that, um, that sometimes that Jesus moving in and moving powerfully doesn't necessarily result the the kind of outcome of that isn't always straightforward things happening. Um, and, he, and interestingly, Jesus seems to kind of be happy for this man to kind of work it out as he goes because he doesn't, he doesn't stick with the man and goes, all right, I'll pop down to synagogue with you and, you know, and the Pharisees can ask me because I'm the one who healed you. He, he leaves the chapter and then, and then meets up with him afterwards and says like, oh, you know, well, I suppose almost he's saying, do you want some more? You know, this is, you've seen this thing, you've had a bit of a, you've had a, well, a revelation certainly of, of Jesus' power and his love. Um, do you want some more? And the guy says, yes, please. But, um, but I, there's, a, there's a time in between Jesus moving powerfully and Jesus kind of coming and engaging with the guy that, that it's, it's not straightforward for this guy. And um, so I, I think for me, the, where I felt challenged in that was, um, am I, do I stay grateful to, for, to God for what he has done in my life? And, and, and do I stay truthful to what he's done in my life? I think it's very easy um, to, to just, um, for our current circumstances, or my current circumstances certainly, to dictate how I feel about everything. Um, that what's going on right now is, is all that's gone on ever, and is all that's going, to, is going on right now, it's all that will ever go on. And that obviously isn't true. Um, and <clears throat> just at the start of the year is, you know, from lots of different areas, encouraged to reflect on you know, our lives and what God's going on, what's going on and what God's done. That's been something that I've really noticed in myself is that as I haven't maybe taken time out just to stop and reflect and remember, um, it can be really easy to become quite disillusioned and quite cynical and quite fed up because, because we're not remembering actually. There was times when when things were really good or when God did this stuff or that I stepped up into this place which is now ends up being uncomfortable because God spoke to me about it or because God did something or, you know, all those kind of things that we can we can forget. And um, this guy does a really good job of staying grateful to Jesus and truthful to what has actually happened and not letting what's going on right now colour that for him and for it to be like, actually, no, it was pretty rubbish or this is really stressful, so no, I'm going to step away from that. He, he sticks with it and... Um, so that's one challenge, and I think also for us as we hear from other people, um, another another thing that I feel often challenged by is to to be quick to celebrate with others, to not be like the Pharisees who are quick to pull it apart and analyze it and tear it down and don't want to don't want to touch it, don't want to engage with it. Um, who I suppose want to overanalyze it to a degree. The, the the man in this story doesn't he doesn't really. He, d he doesn't let it trouble him that he doesn't understand it all. He just says, you know, this is much, this is how much I know, and I can tell you that, and I can't tell you anything else. Like, that's fine. You know, I know I've been healed. I know it's great. You know, I can't speculate on anything else. But the Pharisees want to overanalyze it. They want to tear it down. And and again, maybe that's something that, and um, I'm 
that I do at times as well is when other people are sharing testimonies, it's, all, it's very easy to be quite, oh, well, that's, that's not happened for me, or, you know, well, that's great for you, but, or, um, and, and so on. And I, I think, um, again, I think we don't, that, that's not a very fruitful place to be in, and that's not, um, and we don't want, I, you know, none of us would say we want to end up like the Pharisees. And, um, but I think that's a kind of a, a strand of that is, is, our, um, is, I suppose, choosing to be quick to celebrate and choosing to um, celebrate what God has done and to get behind that. And, um, and as I say, for me, this has been something that, um, as from different quarters, been encouraged to think about what God's saying for this year, what do I want to go after with God for this year, how's God speaking to me for this year. Um, part of that process is looking back, isn't it, and remembering what God said and how are we going to step into that and and um, and choosing to do that in a way that is is truthful to you know that there's obviously there's times that are tough and complicated and I think God absolutely wants to engage with us in those and wants us to be real with Him about those. Um, but also that isn't the whole story, that isn't the whole truth, and that um, but I know that I can sometimes find it easy to make that the whole truth. And um, and so I think <clears throat> yeah for me it's been helpful to to take a step back and to and to, and to engage with that process and. Um, so that's yeah one of the things that I really like about this story I think and um, I think there's lots more in it so I encourage you to to mull it over as well but um, perhaps I'll just pray and and we can go uh, Lord Jesus you are so good and you're so generous to us and even when we were so far away and weren't thinking about following you you still came and you still died and you still um uh, yeah, we're, we're so good to us. And we thank you, God, and we recognise that there's times in life that are hard and um, where it's difficult and we know that you're there with us. But we also want to remember that there's times when you've moved powerfully in our lives, in the lives of your people, um, in the lives of your church. And um, there's times when, uh, yeah, there's been things that have gone on that are tough, but there's also been times when we've had, you know, just things to celebrate, things to be happy about, um, think where things have gone well. And I pray that you'd help us to... Um, to be quick to remember those as well as the, the tough times, to be um, to choose to have faith um, and stir that up in ourselves as we um, consider what you're calling us to and to be quick to celebrate with others as well as they um, share what you've done in their lives. I pray that you would help us not to um, be selfish in that and not to um, look to our own disappointments when we hear of other people's um, joys, but to be quick to join in with them and celebrate with them. Um, I pray that you bless us today, God, wherever we are, whether we're here in the office or out, um, elsewhere, that we would um, see you at work and be um, quick to celebrate it. Amen.